Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. I do not want to ever forget. First Peter 1 verses 18 and 19 say, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I taught high school and college un and university for several years and m met thousands of students. It is awkward when years later you run into someone who obviously knows you and there is no memory that rushes to your consciousness who this person might be. I cannot tell you how often I walk away from such encounters feeling horrible. Mind you, People change dramatically over the years, but they don't notice the changes. They want their teacher or professor to remember them. Today, I want to share with you something memorable. Come with me to Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago. It is just as the Bible says, the crowds shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Governor Pilate in consternation was shocked Certainly, Jesus might have offended the religious leaders somewhat, but to crucify him? That sounds a bit drastic. After all, in terms of Roman laws, Jesus has not done anything egregious, certainly nothing that deserves death. Besides, Pilate offered to release one of two men, Barabbas, a known criminal and insurrectionist who has been in prison for crimes committed versus Jesus the Galilean who has simply offended the sensibilities of some religious leaders whose egos might probably have been bruised because Jesus was so popular. So he asked them again, what must I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They shouted emphatically, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate gave in. He turned Jesus over to a squadron of Roman soldiers for them to prepare Jesus for crucifixion. This is where I come in. Jesus is about to die, but this was not going to be any ordinary death, as we shall soon find out. This innocent man was going to die the most brutal death imaginable for a cause. I saw it all. I saw when they stripped him of his beautiful robe and they tied him to a post in the middle of the praetorium and they whipped him mercilessly. When they had done their worst in whipping him, his back was like a ploughed field, torn flesh, gaping wounds, blood oozing from the whole back. There was not one spot on his back that was not brutally chopped open. I don't want to forget that, as horrific as it was. Then out of nowhere, one of them came with a crown, except this crown was not one of fine jewels and precious stones. The crown was carefully woven with large thorns, I mean long and sharp thorns. What were they going to do with that, I thought? Hmm. They slammed it on his head and mocked him, calling in utter derision, Hail, King of the Jews! Blood did not flow. Blood spewed from his head like a broken mane. It was an unbelievable sight if ever there was one. I don't want to forget that sight, as horrific as it was. They threw some kind of robe over him, and then two of them came with a huge wooden cross and yelled at him, Take up this cross and carry it on your back. We are heading up that hill. 
first whip. Jesus struggled as he raised the wooden cross and rested it on his shoulder with the flesh ripped and torn. He shed a few tears, but he did not say a word. He was clearly suffering, but the look in his eyes seemed to say that he is not angry. How can that be? Where are his friends who were with him for more than three years? As I am lost in my own thoughts, I am being carried along with the crowd up the hill, and you heard the gasps and the wailing by the women every time they whipped him. He fell beneath the weight of the cross, and I cannot tell you of the bruised knees, the swollen eyes. Oh, and one of the soldiers, he spat in his face again. The women screamed. I don't want to forget that, as horrific as it was. They got some strange to help carry the cross because surely Jesus would never have made it up that rugged hill. When they got to the top of the hill, they slammed the cross on the ground. They are really going to go through with this? I'm in total disbelief. They took off the robe and coat and left him. And then they did the unimaginable. They drove a nail in the hollow of each hand, fastening him to the cross. Then with military precision, they bent his knees, crossed the lower part of his feet, and with one giant nail, they fastened both feet to the lower end of the cross. Jesus cried out as the nail went into his feet. And the women screamed and they wept bitterly. They slowly hoisted that cross and positioned it over the deep hole and slammed it in. Tears ran down Jesus' face and I remembered in that moment the reason that he was on that cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Later, one of them grabbed a bronze spear and yes, he did the unthinkable. He rammed Jesus in the right side of his body with that spear and it went far into his torso. Surely there is nothing more to be done. He hung on that cross for six hours, writhing in agony and excruciating pain. He spoke at times, once when he asked his father to forgive them. And once he cried out, asking his father, why have you forsaken me? I watched it all. I don't want to ever forget that day. I don't want to ever forget the price that Jesus paid for my soul to be set free from sin. I certainly don't want to forget the horrific sight of a human hanging on a wooden cross like a butchered animal in a beach shop. I don't want to ever forget the love in his eyes when he looked at me and barely audible he said, I did this for you so that you can have eternal life. I do. And I will never forget. Thank you, Lord, for dying so that I could live.